Hello and welcome to Studs Up, the podcast diving in with two feet to tackle all of the hot topics in the footballing world. My name is Alex Burrow and I'll be your host. Joining me as always are two passionate football fans and of course two very good friends, Mr. Dylan Rowe. Hello. And Mr. Lachlan Woodley. Hey. How are you guys going this week? It's been a been a couple of weeks. Yeah, Great. It's after this morning. Oh yeah. Go on. <laughs> it's so good, isn't it? What what's so good, mate? I don't know. Maybe just a nine nil win. Just as you do. I think don't I think see, they, uh, I think Southampton just felt bad for you to be honest. Don't see Everton racking up those results. Maybe against them. I don't know if we can even rack up results at all, to be honest. Let's be let's be fair. Yeah, well, mm. we are the superior team. <laughs> don't know about that. Yeah, we'll look, at, look at the table. Anyway, this episode is our third instalment of our How to Fix mini-series, and we're taking a look at some of the issues facing the biggest clubs in the world. So last time, a couple of weeks ago, we took a look at plugging some of the holes in Borussia Dortmund's squad and we had some relative success in doing so. This week, we're going to be taking a look at Italian side Juventus, but since we last recorded, there's been a fair bit that's happened in the football world, so we'll touch on a couple of the biggest news items. Now, the biggest news item that came out of uh, the last two weeks is that Frank Lampard has been sacked by Chelsea. So subsequently, he's been replaced by Thomas Tuchel, um, what do you guys make of this situation at Chelsea? Dylan, I think you uh, you might have predicted this early on one of our earlier episodes. So what do you think? Yeah, I mean, I'm, obviously I predicted it, so I'm not surprised that it kind of happened. Uh, I, I don't know. I feel like I feel like you I feel like could have gave him time. a bit more time. Yeah. Yeah, because like they, they seem to go through a trend at the moment where they go through about two seasons then they sack their manager kind of thing when they're not quite getting consistent results. I mean, other than this morning, Mikel went on this, his, his tennis around pretty well. We've gone seven games undefeated. So, um, I don't know. I think they could have gave him a bit more time, but Tuchel's a good appointment and I think he'll be pretty good for them. So, yeah. I think that this is kind of part of Chelsea's culture, right? And it's been what's brought them success in the past, especially over the, the last 10 years, say, They've, if they've started to struggle with a the manager, they dump them, bring in somebody else and basically get immediate success. So it wouldn't surprise me really if Tuchel comes in, um, rejuvenates the squad a little bit, starts getting all the new players that they brought in ticking. And then, I mean, next year they could really push for the, push for the title, I, I would say. And I wouldn't necessarily mm. be surprised if they challenged or, or you know, pretty, even pretty comfortably finished in the top four this season. So, yeah, I don't know. I kind of, you have to feel a little, little bit bad for Frank Lampard, but at the same time, I think that Thomas Tuchel becoming available, having been sacked by PSG a month or so ago, kind of probably um, encouraged the sacking of Lampard a little bit because he, it does mm. seem like the perfect appointment for them. Well, in another another piece of news, in what has been quite a saga for Arsenal, Mesut Ozil has finally left the club. So he's joined Fenerbahce in the Turkish league on a free transfer. Dylan, again, you're the resident Arsenal fan. How do you feel about this? Yeah, I mean, 
I'm kind of glad he's left finally. Obviously, his wages were a bit ridiculous. I'm, I'm disappointed that he didn't. He kind of got put out of the squad a while ago, and he's had to sit and not play, I guess, because he, he hasn't been picked. So that, that was disappointing that happened. But I mean, they did the right thing, getting rid of him. They did a good job, really, getting rid of all those contracts like Mustafi, Socrates, um, all those players like that. They throw up a lot of wage, so I think it's a good, a good move for the player and for him. And I think he left on relatively all right terms, not sour. So yeah. I think it's good for, for him and for Ozil in his career, yeah. and I hope he does well. Yeah, I mean, it. it's an end of an era, kind of, for Arsenal. It's one of those last pieces of the Wenger era. So, yeah, I mean, it'll be interesting mm-hmm. to see how Mikel Arteta continues to transition into his own kind of... Um, his own culture and his own... Or building his own legacy at the club. Staying on... Uh, the, the kind of note of Arsenal and Lockie, you might want to talk a little bit about this one as well. Cause I think it's something that you hinted at being a possibility again, in, a, um, in our, in our first, uh, how to fix episode. It's Matt Ryan actually joined Arsenal on loan until the end of the season. Yeah. Take that deal. Right. <laughs> I mean, I'm happy. So I just didn't expect it to happen. So. <laughs> well, yeah, we did talk about it. And I think we sort of discussed afterwards or maybe even in the episode itself that it's probably not the best suited for his career. Like, as at the moment, you know, he's a better as a starter and, you know, just sitting on the bench for the base of the rest of the season wouldn't be good. But, I mean, it's a good prediction I made that he might sign. Yeah, well, I mean, it's obviously disappointing as well because we're obviously, as Lockie mentioned, we're recording this on a Wednesday mor- uh, Wednesday afternoon after Manchester United beat uh, Southampton 9-0 this morning. But in the same set of games, Arsenal also lost 2-1 to Wolverhampton. And in the game, uh, Bern Leno was sent off and, and had to be substituted for uh, Alex Ronison. And I think... Arteta would have been expecting that Matt Ryan would have been able to fill that role um, had something like this happened. But of course he's currently injured um, and by all reports, it's just some kind of muscle injury with his hip and he shouldn't be out for too long. So hopefully he can, he can make a quick uh, recovery and kind of come in and I don't know, uh, get a chance while uh, Leno suspended. Which, which will only be for, you know, one game, but there's still other cup competitions and um, Europa League chances for him as well. Speaking about red cards, there's a lot of controversial red cards this morning. Yeah, VAR's definitely uh, had an interesting morning, I guess you could say, with some of the decisions, especially some of the penalties as well. That offside on Shea Adams as Russell this morning was a big... big firing point, I guess, in terms of why is ruining the game a bit. So, yeah, that's definitely a... Very controversial uh, morning in terms of red cards and VAR in general, really. Yeah, well, yeah. That, that that's definitely a topic um, that we can discuss in, in in the future. I mean, we could get a whole two or three episodes out of VAR. Honestly, let's 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 be perfectly real about it. But for now, we'll turn our attention to our main topic this week, looking at Juventus. So, Lockie, I'm going to hand it over to you to give us a little bit of context about the situation we're facing. Well, thank you. Um, so, at this point of the season, Juventus 
are sitting in fourth place with 11 wins, six draws, and two losses. Uh, their second loss only being a few weeks ago to Inter, which was 2-0. Uh, one area that we're doing research, and I found that one area that Juventus just seemed to be lacking was having multiple goal scorers on their team with you know, Ronaldo's got 15 goals this season, which is actually the most goals in the league, I'm pretty sure. And but with their second goal, best scorer being Chiesa with six goals, who's actually on loan this season. So obviously that's one area that, that they could be lacking in. But, I mean, they've still got, you know, players that can score goals that obviously haven't been really been doing it this season. So that's one area I saw that could probably use some strengthening or support in the future. But speaking of loans, um, Juventus also have got in um, Weston McKenney from Schalke, who uh, has seemed to be having a pretty good season so far. I think, Alex, you were talking about McKenney before being a pretty decent player. And only, I think you were actually telling me that he was only there for um, sort of shirt sales or sort of interest from the mm. United well, that, States. Well, that was definitely one of the, the um, or that was the kind of opinion when, when he did sign there. Um, that's what a lot of people thought that it was purely commercial. Yeah. But I mean, he's had a good season so far. Uh, another lone player was Maratta from Atletico. Yeah. And he's had a pretty decent season, I would say, but I mean, everyone's seen how much of a goal scorer Maratta is, and he's obviously not doing it at the moment for Juventus. So, as you guys already know, Juventus have fired ex-superstar of the club, Andreas Perlo, to be their full-time manager. So you would think like any other manager who would still need time to build the team that he wants. So you can't really put the entirely of the blame on him for all the failures that they've sort of had this season. You know, not first place and all this stuff. You can't really blame him for all that. You need time to build the team that he feels he needs to do, uh, to you know, strive for the top again <clears throat> so to strengthen this line I believe that Perlo should invest in buying a new right back as players like Quadrado is getting much older I think he's 32 now so and like Danilo is getting into that sort of prime age but I think they should probably look for a more of a younger uh, or a, a better option at right but it's not saying Danilo hasn't been bad this season he's for what I've seen, he's been pretty good this season. I think he's actually been quite poor, and I think that's one of the issues at that position. Uh, but I haven't watched a lot of Juventus, but by all reports, I, I don't think that he's he's been great. I've seen some of the games, and I've seen him sort of like he would score a goal or two, and he's getting a few assists. Mm, so. I think he's just defensively, he's been a bit of a liability for them. Yeah, he's more of an attacking sort of player, and they do need that more of defensive sort of wing back. But I think last game he actually played at centre back as well. So that, that doesn't really help as well. Yeah. So I think another position they should probably look for is another centre back. I have got the likes of Delict, who I'm positive is actually injured at the moment. But, you know, they've got players like Keelan and Bonucci who are like, as we know, they're like great players, but they're not going to get in the younger, you know? So they're not sort of the future of the club and they should probably look for a more younger 
centre back at the club to partner with Delict for the future. And then finally, like I was saying before, with another striker, they should probably look for another striker, maybe even just a backup striker to sort of relieve stress off Ronaldo. Just, you know, he doesn't have to score 15, 20 goals a season. He's got someone that can, you know, if Ronaldo gets injured, they've got another goal scorer off, or if Ronaldo's having a bad game or whatever, they've got another one that can just score goals week in, week out. The problem with Juventus at the moment is that they would need to sell players if they were to buy players. So at the moment, they've on their current budget would stand at minus 13 million. So obviously they can't sign any players because they don't have any players to uh, money to buy players. So a suggestion could be for you guys if you if you're up to it, is to just to suggest players in their current squad and current squad to um a swap deal that's maybe a suggestion you can guys look for but to make the budget more respectful to buy the players that the Juventus need to strengthen their team I believe that they should sell players such as Quadrado as like I was saying before you know he's not getting any younger he's getting to the age of 32 or 33 so like I was saying before maybe they could look for a younger option to fill the role and have the likes of Danilio um, coming off the bench or maybe even push to a more further attacking role, which, like, like I was saying before, is probably best suited for him. He's, he's been you know, pretty good coming off attacking-wise, but defensive-wise, obviously, he's struggling a bit. But at the moment, Quadrado's market value is around $18 million, so that obviously would boost their budget up a bit. Uh, another player I was looking around was Sammy Kadira, who actually, in according to other sporting articles, uh, the event is actually quite keen on letting him go with the likes of Everton potentially buying him for around €9 million. Euros. So I think that... Sammy Kadira has just joined Hertha Berlin. Yeah. Has he? Well, they scratch that. Yeah. <laughs> don't, don't worry yeah, about it. Just overnight, but... they announced that the, the move's gone through. Oh, well, there you go. So that's one player they have actually let go. So that's that's great news to hear for Juventus. But another player I was actually looking at was um was Aaron Ramsey, like potentially selling him on. You know, he's been there for nearly three seasons now, and he's only racked up around five goals and four assists in the three seasons he's been there. And even Juventus are sort of keen to let him go with them trying to get Paul Pogba back, and they put him into a swap deal. And you know, it's going well. No, that's just not happening. So. That's one other potential player they could probably let go. And his market value is around $20 million, so obviously that would help as well. So I'm going to... Oh, just one more thing as well that I was reading up on. Fabrizio Romano also said that Juventus are interested in signing ex-A-League player and New Zealand star Liberato Cacace. But he did say... Oh, hello. <laughs> Sorry, fan favourite of Alex... Um, but he did say uh, state if the Juventus were to actually sign him, he would only go into the under twenty three side. He wouldn't go into the full starting squad. Sure. So, I'm going to hand it over to you guys to come up with suggestions. We're going to start with right back, and Alex, do you want to start us off? Sure. So, 
the option that I've looked at for right back for Juventus is Emerson from Real Betis. So this season he's put up around 1,500 minutes across 17 appearances in La Liga. And he's really been putting up some solid numbers in a fairly competent Real Betis side as well. So he's produced... He's producing 2.8 tackles, 2.1 interceptions, and about 2.6 clearances per game, which is like very, it's very solid. Um, And while he's only contributed one assist, he's still able to provide a little bit of output offensively as well. So he's completing about 1.1 key passes a game and also completing about 50 passes a game with about an 80% completion rate. So that's pretty good for a fullback, especially one who's more defensively minded. Um, what's more is Emerson is only 22. So if Juventus were to sign him, then he could realistically be part of this side for some time to come. Um, in the past, he's been linked with moves to clubs like AC Milan and Chelsea, but these rumors have kind of died down a fair bit over the last few months. So I think if, Juve were to bring him in. He's quite defensively solid. He can still give a little bit of output going forward. But if they were, say, to keep Quadrado or to keep Danilo, who are able to provide a little bit more going forward, then they can rotate them in games where where they kind of feel like they need to have that more attacking competency down the flank. Um that being said, a transfer for Emerson could be a little bit complicated, though, as his contract is joint-owned by Real Betis and Barcelona. So while he is um, a Betis player, Barcelona technically do hold a stake in in his uh, contract. So technically, or on a technicality, he is on loan at Betis from Barcelona. And I believe Barca has the right to buy out Betis' share of his contract for around 6 million euros, but that option expires at the end of this season. So having brought in Serginho Dest, I doubt that they'll exercise that right. But given the financial struggle that Juvent, um, that Barcelona rather are in at the moment, I could see them buying out this contract and then selling Emerson on to another club or even having Betis... Uh, buy him back from Barcelona um, just so that they can make a bit of a profit on him and bring in some extra cash, in which case I think he'd cost around 25 to 30 million euros, which is, um, which is probably quite a fair fee for a player who's been performing quite well um, over the last few seasons. So yeah, that's, that's my suggestion for right back for Juventus. Yeah, that's, um, it's a pretty good suggestion there. Um, Dill, what did you have? So my suggestion at right back might be a bit pricey, but considering that the next transfer window, Juventus should, like you said, they should look to sell a lot of those players he mentioned. Uh, so he could be affordable, but it's uh, Benjamin Pavard. So Benjamin Pavard is someone who is obviously incredibly versatile. Um, he can cover both at right back and at centre back. Uh, he's only 24, so he's... Still relatively young, and like Alex said with Emerson, he can kind of fit that uh, profile, that um, model that you want to have for the next few years. Uh, He also kind of fits that uh, profile of young defenders that they've already currently got at Juventus. So I think that he'd fit in quite well in that defence. 
so far in the Bundesliga this season, he's featured in 14 games uh, as well as four Champions League games. Uh, in the Champions League, he's actually picked up two assists from those games as well. So he's offered some attacking attacking uh, options, I guess, for, for Bayern in the Champions League. Uh, Pavard is a very good facilitator, facilitator from the back with an 87% pass accuracy. And that's obviously his biggest biggest strength is his ability to play the ball out from the back and his crossing and passing ability is very strong uh, for f- players in his position. Uh, he also averages pretty good defensive numbers, so averaging around two tackles and two interceptions per 90, which is pretty solid for a right back. Uh, he's also very good in aerial duels, so he's ranked as one of the best in the Bundesliga for aerial duels. So his strengths are clearly passing and his ability to win the ball in the air, and that's why he's quite good and versatile at both right back and that centre-back position. Uh, I think if Juve were to sign him, he'd be a great player for them. Um, obviously, his big his big kind of uh, strength would be that versatility that I mentioned, but that price tag, I think he's valued at about 40 mil, so he costs a little bit, um, and he's someone that obviously Bayern uh, is important for Bayern at the moment, and obviously being young, he's going he's gonna to continue to play in the future, so he'd be someone that Bayern would be potentially looking to keep, but I think that Juventus could... If they could snag something like that, that would be very good in terms of their defence, already having players like Delic on there, uh, Alexandra as well. They'd have quite a quite a nice def- quite a nice backline, you could say, with uh, Pavard adding to that addition of the defence. So, yeah, that's that's my option at right back. Yeah, I mean, that's uh, he's got a lot of strengths and the price tag's a bit of a, uh, a bit hefty, but, I mean, it's a very good option that they could probably go for. So, um. Now we should go to the centre-back role. And Alex, did you want to start us off with that one? Yep. So my centre-back option is Nikola Milenkovic. So he's a 23-year-old centre-back from Fiorentina. Um, So he's been at the club for a few seasons now. And he's generally been regarded as quite a talented prospect. But this season, he hasn't been performing especially well although I'd kind of put that down to Fiorentina's shaky form um, in general. He's still managing to put up around 1.7 tackles a game and about 3.3 clearances per game. Um, what's more, he's also six foot five, so he's very solid in the air, winning about 3.6 aerial duels per game. And obviously this also makes him a threat from set pieces on the offensive end, where he's chipped in two goals this season in the league. As I said Um, He's been highly praised in the past and he's been linked with big moves over the last few seasons, including to Juventus way back in 2017. I think most recently, um, kind of around the start of this season, he was linked with a move to Tottenham. Um, Manchester United in the past have also reportedly had a 60 million euro bid rejected by Fiorentina. But in the current market and on his slightly decreased form, I'd say he'd probably be worth around 35 to 45 million given his age and his, um, I don't know, his kind of promise that he's shown probably to the higher end of that, um, of that kind of range. But being so young and having such outstanding physical attributes and a, a few very solid years of Serie A experience, I'd, I'd say that Milenkovic would be a sensible option to kind of secure and stabilise Juve's centre-half issues into the future. And um, you mentioned off the top that swap deals um, and, and 
even loaning players could be an option. And I think with a club like Fiorentina, that that should certainly be the case. Um, so, you know, if, if there are any players that are, that Fiorentina were interested in having, um, then that could definitely be part of that, um, part of that kind of uh, that deal potentially to make it a bit sweeter and make it a bit more achievable. But yeah, so that's my my suggestion there for the centre back position. Yeah, it's a pretty good suggestion. You know, like you're saying, he's got zero experience, so that obviously does help. And I think you were saying at the start, he hasn't been performing that well this season, but. Uh, in the past, he has been linked and he has been, you know, a great performer in the past. So I think that's probably a good option. Uh, Deal, what was your option for centre-back? Yeah, so my option at centre-back is maybe not as a, well, a bit more left field, you could say. Uh, it's uh, Pierre Scherz from Ajax. So Scherz is someone that who has been given an extended starting period this season after being out and loan for the early parts of his youth career. Uh, he's an extremely young Dutch centre-half at age 21. Uh, he bears many similarities to Delete, and he's someone that's obviously currently on the Juventus team, and he came through the Ajax Academy having played for Ajax and had a pivotal role in their Champions League run. Uh, Scherz has made 19 appearances for Ajax uh, this season. He has a really good pass accuracy, uh, percentage at 93, which for a centre back who's at six foot three uh, is ridiculously good for someone his high. He's great at distribu- distributing the ball out of the back. Uh, he averages okay defensive numbers for someone uh, playing at centre half in a in a team that is Ajax. He averages 1.4 tackles and 1.4 interceptions per 90. But this is something that can clearly be improved on, uh, considering his young age and and his lack of maturity so far. Uh, as I mentioned before, he is six foot three, so he's very tall at that position. Uh, he had, and do, from upon doing research, this is a very small transfer valuation of only twelve million uh, pounds, so he's easily affordable for Juventus. Uh, I know that potentially next transfer window, a lot of teams might be looking at someone like him. Obviously, Ajax have a great academy, so and they produce great, great uh, young players coming out of that team. Obviously, players like Ziyech, Delict have come out of there in the last few years, so. Hey guys, so at this point, our technology decided to go to sleep and stop recording for about 30 seconds. So to lead you into the next section, we've just started talking about whether or not Juventus need to take a look at signing any backup strikers. You know, just looking at the squad, obviously Cristiano Ronaldo, Paolo Dybala. This season they have Murata on loan. Whether that continues or not is, um, is to be seen. But they've got Dejan Kulosevsky, who's quite young. He's only 20. And the Chiesa loan actually has an obligation to buy on it. Um, so at the end of the season, he will become a, uh, a Juventus player permanently. It's just the way that uh, Italian teams tend to do business with each other is it involves a loan period to get around financial fair play and that kind of thing. Um so I mean I'm not I'm not too concerned about about their attacking strength but I know that they in the in the recent window that's now just closed that they were looking at some backup strikers to bring in some younger options um, one deal fell through and I know that they've been rumored to be wanting to bring Moise Keane back to the club especially given his form on loan at PSG this season 
Um, but also looking at a couple of the strikers contracts that are expiring, um, someone like Kevin Gamero uh, could be an option if, if the Murata deal um, doesn't become permanent at the end of the season, then someone like Gamero could come in for a season or two and just give a bit of option off the bench or um, Musa Morega from Porto, his contract's also expiring and he's a pretty prolific goal scorer when he's fit, he's obviously quite tall and strong as well. Um, so those are two cheap options if they were desperate to bring someone in, but given the strength that they have now, I'm not, not too concerned. I don't know whether you found anyone, Dill. Yeah, well, I kind of agree with you. I think that they've got a lot of attacking options that, and if they need to rotate through Ronaldo, they've got players that who are probably naturally wingers that can play up front if needed. Um, oh. I guess if you look at like next transfer window, whatever happens with Morata, if he doesn't come back, you might want someone that to be back up. And I think that that player could be someone like some of those younger players like you said that they linked with like Moisey Keane, but. Uh, the, the only option I can't with was if they wanted to go older, they could go with someone like Olivia Giroud. Uh, I mean, he is 34, so he's getting on a bit, but he's someone that you, you said, like someone like a Gamero that can come in for a season or two and offer some minutes and uh, in cup competitions, even Champions League, depending on what their group is like next season. And he's someone that's proven to do that. Chelsea having scored five goals in four games in their group stage, a hat-trick against Rennes. Uh, He's had pretty good form in the Prem. And I think with Tuchel coming in, Drew, I'm not sure how many how much minutes Drew would get. Uh, on that on that current team, with having uh, Werner and Tammy kind of being those two players that he's kind of liking so far. It's only been two games, but he's kind of liking those players over Drew so far. And I, I think that if Juventus wanted someone that they couldn't seem to keep Morata and they wanted someone that can come in for just a season or two, I think Drew for like four or five mil would be a pretty good option. But yeah, like you said, there's plenty of other options that they could bring in if they if need be, or they could just stick with the attackers they got. Yeah, it 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 it, it makes sense with you guys. You know, not bringing in someone else. They've got other players that they can use. I think even Kiesa has been playing up front a bit from research I've done. But the only reason I sort of came up with that is that you know Ronaldo seems to be the one and only big goal scorer that they have at the club and I just thought that maybe they can bring someone else to sort of relieve that sort of stress for Ronaldo and you know he's got someone else he can sort of piggyback on you know he, he can put balls into him and they can put you know sort of work with each other mm. I think that this maybe this season it's more of a systematic issue that they've uh, had quite um, a limited number of prolific goal scorers um, yeah. I, I think Certainly at the start of the season, it was about Perlo trying to work out a few teething teething issues and solidifying his defense and making his midfield quite robust and just maybe um, letting Ronaldo just kind of run the attack because he can while, while he sorted out some of the more pressing squad issues. So um, I, I guess we'll see how this... Uh, side this Juventus side kind of um, evolves over the back end of the season especially now that I mean signing players isn't really an option now given that the transfer window is shut yeah but yeah like I said I'm not too concerned I, I would be more concerned if at the start of next season this trend continues and the other forwards aren't contributing because Ronaldo will be another year older I think he'll be 35 36 next year um so 
Yeah, I see where you're coming from. I mean, they're clearly linked with a striker. Yeah. So that that they they definitely might be in the market looking for someone. It yeah. just depends. They've been thinking. Who they can get. Well, I like what sure. you're saying because yeah. you know how Ronaldo is getting older now, and if they do keep this trend up, then it's it is going to be a bit of a concern. Mm. But yeah, like I said, for now, I'm not. I'm not. Not too concerned. Yeah, it's not like it's a major issue. I've only brought up as sort of one of those minor issues that they could probably look for. But like you're saying, it's not the it's not the end of the world sort of issue that they have. They've still got a prolific goal scorer that they have. So yeah, well, I liked all those options. They were all uh, very good. But looking over, if I were to pick selective players from each of the positions or starting with right back listening to both of them I was was leaning more towards Emerson so I think that's sort of the player I would go for you know he is a bit more of that cheaper option yeah he does have that joint contract with Barcelona but like you were saying Alex I think if Barcelona was still in this sort of issue financially they'll probably bring him back and then sell him on for money and then I think Juventus are probably sort of look for that type of player, uh, selling the right players on. Um, and with the centre-back role, I think sort of alluded it before, I was, I was pretty happy with Schurz, you know. he's He comes from the uh, Ajax Academy as well, you know. I think he would probably work very well with Delict. you know. They would have that sort of chemistry together and he's still young. He's got, I think Dill was saying, you know, for the, the height that he is, he's got you know, good pass, the accuracy from the back. So he can, you know, lead from the back a bit more. So I think that's the one I would go for. And with strike, I think I'm sort of agreeing with you guys that they probably won't need one at the moment. But again, if this trend continues, they would probably, they should look for a more prolific attacker other than Ronaldo. Mm. And I think, yeah, obviously it, a couple of those moves, you know, will, will cost a bit of money, but Juventus have the money and they always, they always seem to be able to work out some kind of deal to help them get a player. Um, I think that's you know, why... For, for that's... example, like the Chiesa move, having him on loan and then bringing him in. Yeah. They, they, they sort these things out. I think that's why you're seeing like a lot of rumours, like especially with the Pogba one there, with United, they've been dealing a lot of swap deals. Like they've, like I said before, they offered Ramsey. They... We, and we declined that one. I think they also offered Costa as well. But mm. that obviously, I think he's off at Bayern now. So even like, yeah. they've been trying to sort of swap players around and do business that way. Well, even actually, sorry, you just, I know it's a different Costa, but that that is, if you were thinking of a Ford, um, Diego Costa is a free agent right now. Mm. So they could, you know, give him a call and see if he'd be interested. Yeah. Um, okay. Well, I think we've done a fairly... Fairly decent job there. There are some reasonable options for Juventus to plug some of the squad holes. Um, excellent. Well, that's pretty much all we've got time for on today's episode of Studs Up. If you've enjoyed the show, then please make sure you hit subscribe so you never miss an episode. And while you're at it, why don't you pass the pod on to your friends, family, or anyone else you think might also enjoy the show. We're streaming on all major podcasting apps, including Spotify, Apple Podcasts, and Google Podcasts, so there's really no excuse. Make sure you follow us on Facebook at Studs Up Football Show and on Instagram at Studs Up Media. We really appreciate all your support to help us grow. All that's left for me to do now is say thank you to Lachlan Woodley. Cheers. 
and to Dylan Rowe. Thank you. I've been Alex Burrow. Thank you so much for listening and we'll catch you on the next episode of Studs Up. Thank you.